Welcome back to Total Party Kill. It's me, Tony Sindelar, your friend. Hello, nerds. Today we are starting off on a special new adventure. I have assembled a group of five players. Uh, some of them you will recognize. Uh, they've all made at least one appearance on Total Party Kill before. Some of them you will pretend not to recognize when you see them in public. Indeed. Cross the street, maintain six or 60 feet of social distance, depending on the incomparable panelist it is. Uh, we are playing an adventure from the Sly Flourish uh, set of fantastic adventures, which feels like a thing I'm just saying like about them. Like, they're fantastic adventures. It's also literally just the name of the book or I mean, they're, they're all right. They're, I would say they're, they're, they're fantastic. It's they're, in the name. They're pretty good. I've enjoyed they're them. They're great. Don't make the adventures mad, Steve. They can yeah. hear you. Oh, no. Uh, we will be playing the second adventure titled The Dwarven Vault. I don't know where this happens in continuity with the, uh, the Nightblade adventure. There's some timeline discrepancies to be worked out. But that's enough for me. Let us introduce our players, and they will introduce their characters. First up... Uh, from far to the north, uh, Annette Weirstra, a Canadian and Erp Chirper, welcome back to Total Party Kill. I'm very excited to be here with Chomasa, who is a dragonborn ranger. And the thing I'm most excited about, well, two things, two swords. I'm planning on killing lots of things with two swords. Plus, I have dragon's breath. So I'm going to That's like four things, lots I think, of right? Havoc. Thing yeah. one, sword. Thing two, second sword. Thing three, killing. Thing four, Dragon Breath. I okay, I'm just four. really excited. I've been alone no, that's a lot great. this week, so I'm excited about everything. We're excited to have you here. Also joining us, it is James Thompson from far away in Scotland. Hello. Uh, well, I'm glad to be back on here. Um, I am playing Samson Jotham, who is a forest gnome Artificer, I believe is the pronunciation. That's not how we say it. Well, <laughs> you are wrong. Which of you is an artificer? Oh, crap. He's got us there. Um, okay, I'll, I'll say artificer, but then no, you should say No, you should say it. You should say it however you want. I, but I'm going to make it's fun of you either way. It's pronounced primer. It's artificent. Yeah. I, uh, James, I'm going to make fun of you either way, so follow your heart. Yes, that, that's fair. Um, oh. uh, Samson trained under the dwarfs. He's uh, very good at making magical items. Not so good at making friends. Aww. Also, also here, it's Jason Snell. Hello. Uh, I am going to be playing a very exciting character. He is a uh, he is a tabaxi bard, which means he is a big cat person, and he is a friend to all children, and he loves you. His name is Cool Cat. K U L K A T. Cool, cool Cat. Legally distinct. Cool cat. The a, the apostrophe makes it legally distinct. Are there any things he loves to do? <laughs> cool Cat loves to jump and sing. Cool uh -huh. Cat loves to boogie boogie boo. And Cool Cool Cat loves to love a you. These are all things that Cool Cat loves. Can we rocket surgery a TPK? <laughs> all right. Mm -hmm. Next up, Monty Ashley. Hello, I am Monty Ashley. I am playing Krong, a bugbear that is a monster from children's nightmares. You know how when you look under your bed and there's just a little bit of shadow and you look away and you look back and now there's an eight foot hairy monster with giant claws? Yes, I do. I'm that guy. <laughs> Monty is he, under our bed. He's a rogue. Mm. Are you the little bit of shadow or? That's the, I'm both. Oh. I am wow. an eight-foot hairy killing machine that can hide in a tiny sliver of shadow. Mm. I, I'm so, a bugbear rogue. 
just like Monty Ashley actually nice. is. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm a monster. Typecasting. Yep. And last, it's Steve Lutz. Thank you for joining us, Steve. How are you today? I'm good, although I'm wondering why I'm always last. I don't think you're always last. I, I did them in the order that you people created characters, mm, and I'm you'll notice sure that you I'm created your last. character last. That might be why I'm always last, because I'm always oh. the last one to get my, my stuff together. Yep. Yes, I am here. It's so exciting to play some D&D on this fine day. I'm playing Diendo Fat Rabbit. I am a, <laughs> I'm a monk from a mysterious and reclusive clan of halflings known as the Ghost Strike Halflings. Um, don't make me mad, or I will punch your butt. All right. <laughs> Words to live by. Um, so for the purposes of this adventure, because it is a short mini adventure and we don't have time to get into your deep, rich backstories, you all know each other already. You can decide uh, whether you've known each other for years or weeks or days, probably at least days. Ours is unacceptable. <laughs> um, and so as you are all level two, Adventurers looking to make a name for yourself. You are traveling far and wide through the countryside, over hill and dale, through swamp and mountain and forest, seeking fortune and glory. Or in this case, today, our adventure starts in a tavern. Because it's Dungeons and Dragons. You have, met, you have in your travels, found yourself uh, near the town of uh, White Sparrow. Uh, I'm showing you right now a world map that shows, like, the valley that uh, White Sparrow is in. White Sparrow is right in the middle of it, and we'll go to a close-up map of it in a second. And there's a variety of interesting things around here, which is why it seemed like a good place to uh, base your, your adventures out of for now. But, you know, I don't know. You're taking it easy. Today is a day where you are in the tavern of White Sparrow. I've taken you to a close-up of the town of White Sparrow. In White Sparrow, White Sparrow is a decent-sized little town. There's about 100 people, a um, couple businesses, uh, you know, temple, tavern, uh, adventuring, good store, uh, lots of little houses and whatnot. Your standard Giant thing, hand. Giant hand. <laughs> for people who have already Gloss listened. over the giant hand. For our, people who have already listened to Mini Adventure 1, in which peop, we have already have an adventure set in White, uh, White Sparrow, get ready to hear the same jokes about the giant hand as told by new people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the most notable landmark in White Sparrow is the giant hand sticking out of the earth in the middle of town. It is a cyclopean hand. It is huge. It has six fingers, which I don't know if that's the most unsettling thing about it, because it's also just a big, giant stone hand, and it predates uh, the founding of the town. Somebody, way back when, some group of settlers said, oh, giant hand, this is a good place to settle down. And so they did, and a town sprung up around it. It looks a little like it's growing out of the earth. Is that a some sort of a chasm? Is there more to this hand? Is there a statue? The or hand seems. It? We're going to get all the hand questions out of the way early on. Um, the hand descends into the earth. Uh, over the many centuries, there have been various archaeological expeditions to investigate the nature of the hand, and the hand continues into an arm. The excavations have gotten about as deep as an elbow, and that's where they have have gotten so far. Any other hand questions? We'll assume that you asked all the hand questions beforehand, and so your characters have deep hand knowledge. Uh, beforehand. And so our adventure starts in the single only tavern of White Sparrow, a tavern built right next to the giant hand, the ever shady tavern, for it is often, if not always, in the shadow of a giant hand. Are there more than 10 people in this tavern? Because I'm not entirely comfortable. Right now? 
Yeah. Uh, not at this moment. No, it's it's early afternoon. Right. Most people have jobs. It's safe, everybody. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I sure love being in taverns. Oh my god. Can we get a table in the corner? I prefer, I feel more comfortable in the corner. Back to the wall. Yes. Yeah, so you have you you've got yourself a nice little booth where several of you can have your backs to the wall. Things in the tavern are pretty quiet. It is middle of the day. Most honest, hardworking people, not like you, lazy adventurers, are out working the field or hunting or fishing or you know making a living earning earning food that kind of thing running their shops and businesses and you're just there lounging about several uh the most of the people uh in the tavern at this point seem to be the per- people that work there uh there's a family that run- owns and operates the tavern uh so there's a mother who's the seems to be the barkeep and she's got three teenage sons running around doing uh barback activities and there's two, uh, I can only describe them as alcoholic farmers here as well, who should be working, but are lounging around a tavern like you. Is there anything you would like to do at this stage of the adventure? Let's drink. I drink. All right. Drink. <laughs> a pint? <laughs> and so you do. We're lazing about. I want to chat with some alcoholic farmers. Cool Cat pulls out his pan flute and begins to play a, a soothing song that other people can enjoy. Would any of you like to share your level two adventures? You've done something before in your lives. Perhaps with your recent acquaintances here, would you like to share any stories of past uh, successes, failures, accomplishments, trials, and tribulations that uh, your character has? This is your one chance to have a backstory, people. I hid under a man's bed for three weeks. (laughs) And that's how we met. (laughs) (laughs) Then I left. It wasn't a good bed, and it was the wrong man. Which is amazing, because because he was under dwarves at the time, and you were under his bed. I mean, there was a whole stack of things going on. Dwarf beds Uh, are very small. We've done pyramids before in a previous adventure. Mm -hmm. It was a real princess in the pea situation with a series of beds. (laughs) Yes. It's like, you know, just the the, the races get bigger as you get that in the stack. Uh, and it's I've all caused bug- 20 nightmares in my life. It's bugbears all the way down. I've caused at least 50. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool. I find that very believable. That seems like so, kind of a small number, to be honest. <laughs> so my character has known uh, Komasa. Chomasa? Komasa? Chomasa. Um, Chomasa. That's what I thought. For quite a while. Um, and we discovered along the way that my character can speak squirrel. And her character can also speak squirrel. So at any point, we can just communicate in in squirrel squirrel with each other. So Mm -hmm. whenever somebody else in the party is doing something, there'll be just a sort of a knowing look and then a sort of... And, and, you know, we're just sort of... They're doing it again. again. Yeah. This is good wine. It's nice to be able to talk to your dinner in the field, I find. So that's... That's a useful skill you have there. Well, I, you know, I think if we encounter any animals along the way, we will talk to them, make friends with them. And at that moment, there is the sound of howling. The howling of wolves. Wolves? That's a way that you could say wolves. That's not right. <laughs> a howling of wolves <laughs> cuts through the town, echoing through the tavern itself. It sounds something like this. Oh! And it is followed by the sound of screaming Ah! as people are running and panicking in the streets outside the tavern. 
So mm. I have a fairly good grasp of Wolf as well. Mm. Um, what, what sort of what's being communicated by this um, sort of howl? Give me a uh, a nature roll. Sure. Or some um, other relevant wolf interpretation role. I believe they are attempting to talk to their dinner. Um, I rolled a 17. Um, so that sounds good. That does sound good. I will tell you. I got to remember your character's name. Uh, Samson. Samson. Uh, Samson, it sounds like the wolf is angrily sounding, saying the word meat in wolf. M-E-A-T, just to be clear. Uh, well, I'll just sort of say, I think we should just stay, we should stay inside. Strangely, not a homophone in wolf language. No, we, no, should, we, should, mm-hmm. we, should, we should save the town. <laughs> They'll blame me if we don't. Let's go out and meet them. Seems like a thing and, to do. And uh, Kulkat looks at his pan flute like, did the howling come out of there? <laughs> <laughs> These wolves sound like bullies. Oh! <gasps> I don't like bullies. I love bullies. The door to the tavern flies open and a panicked villager looks around the room. Uh, you only have a moment to make eye contact with him before something tears him in half. The two halves of the villager fall in the doorway. All right. Let's go. I feel huh. it's time to move. You don't see that every day. Can we hide behind the hand? <laughs> All right, so you all make your way to the door of the tavern. The tavern, uh, the rest of the people in the tavern seem to be attempting to find various hiding places, taking cover behind the bar or other furniture. Uh, Clearly, people are panicked, but not you. When there is the sound of a wolf, when there is the sound of a villager being cut in half, the sound of two villager halves hitting the ground, you run toward danger. And so you make your way to the door of the Evershady Tavern and look out into the street. The sight that greets you is one of carnage. Villagers are panicking. Several dead villagers lie in the road, clearly mauled by a large lupine creature and bounding down the street, blood dripping from its horrible, horrible jaws is is something that is wolf-like, but much bigger, with bony ridges rising from its back. You see a, uh, a, a one of the town guard run toward it and point a sword at it and say, stop! And the uh, the wolf tears the, the man's arm off. Nice. Hmm. So uh, the wolf seems ready for battle, but more ready than a wolf is one Diendo fat rabbit. Diendo, what will you do? You see a wolf has just clearly mauled a variety of people, including a town guard. Uh, there is still a hand with a sword dangling from his his mouth. Huh. Well, first I look over at Krong and say, hold my beer. And I hand him my beer. Okay. <laughs> and then... <Right>. Bonus action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I will close with the dire wolf. Okay. And uh, try to take a, a, a stab at him with my spear. All right. You bolt, bolt across the street toward the dire wolf. And stab at it with a spear. And thus, my first roll. First roll of the adventure sets the whole tone for everything. Everything rides on Diendo Fat Rabbit. Everything rides on Steve Lutz. This will make or break the next several hours of your lives. Oh, we the pressure! Already, we all already rolled initiative. 
Yeah. Oh, well, I did. I wasn't paying attention. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, and there was that, uh, that first attack roll. Trying to interpret that? the wolf was also yeah. a roll, so, you know. Those didn't count. This is, this this is, is combat. The, but now, for sure, really. We'll fix this in post. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a 22 to hit with my spear. All right. The wolf is still enjoying a piece of delicious arm and does not see a small halfling running at it with a spear, and so you strike it with your spear. Alas, that only did five damage. However... I also kick out with one of my tiny little feet. Oh. Try to kick it in the jaw. You need to kick a, kick a wolf? Yeah. So this is an unarmed strike. And as a monk, you can do this. You can spear and... Is this glory of blows or something else? No, this is just my regular old combat. Oh, wow. Uh, but alas, that was a critical fail, so that won't okay. be anything. You kick in the direction of the wolf. Say, Next oh, up... Crap. Diendo Fat Rabbit is your good friend, Krong. I will. You might want to hand that beer to somebody. Finish this beer. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Bonus action. Yep. Move to behind my good friend, Diendo. Mm. And using the incredibly long arms of a bugbear, sw- swipe over the top of my halfling buddy and attack the dire wolf from 10 feet away. You have With- 10 feet long arms? That's what it says. Wow. Bear's got extra That's reach. amazing. That'd be really useful getting stuff down from shelves. I'm just concerned about mainly, like, it seems hard to buy coats. <laughs> How do you hide under a bed without those arms, like, reaching like out? Like, they roll, I it. imagine there's a lot of, like, folding. Like, do you they're, re- they're really good for sort of reaching um, around the top yeah, of the bed. Yeah, do you have, like, an extra elbow? Or is it just the one? <laughs> it looks like I have extra elbows. I'm eight feet tall, but my claws reach all the way to the ground. Oh, I see. Wow. Yeah, it's I like, feel like probably vests are the way you'd want to go with arms like that. A lot of vests. Yeah. Anyway, I'm pulling out a rapier and stabbing, actually. Wow. <laughs> you guys see that 20? No, nope, but uh, okay. Yeah, it was. <laughs> That's a natural 20. All right, you critical stabbing at a wolf that has already been da- stabbed by a spear, so I believe you do special extra damage. Well, I'm, I'm going to be doing sneak attack damage because one of my allies is within five feet of this jerk. Oh, wow. You are so sneaky. Ten- yeah, that guy is very surprised that you had 10 feet long arms. So I'm going to be rolling a D8 and a D6. That is a total of 10, doubling that for the critical. So it's 20 plus 3. I do 23 points of damage. This wolf is severely, severely injured. Yes. But not dead. But not dead. <sighs> All right. I nod at Krong. Next up, it is Team Wolf. Everybody loves... <laughs> Team Wolf? Wolf. <laughs> is he going to play basketball at us? That really doesn't make any sense for werewolves when you think about it. Don't ride um, on the top of that cart. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I will tell you, the uh, wolves are limited in terms of the things they can do because mainly they bite people. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah, thanks for be- hiding behind the halfling, by the way, eight foot tall bugbear. Yeah. It seems like there is an, an obvious target here, which is one Diendo Fat Rabbit. Uh, so the wolf is just going to try and take a chomp out of a halfling. My my name is somewhat ironic now. It's yeah. It's really <laughs> sad. Uh, Steve, I have bad news for you. What's uh, that? The, the bad news is that I'm guessing a 23. I, we don't know what your armor class is, but I'm guessing it's lower than 23. Hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. You take the, the, the wolf tears into the leg that you kicked at it with, and you take 10 piercing damage. <laughs> wow. Uh, if the target is a creature, check. It must success succeed on a DC 13 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Oh, good. Strength, one of my dump stats. <laughs> yeah. 
One of? <laughs> Actually, I have advantage on those because I'm oh, something. Monkey. I forget. Uh, rolled under something. That is not great. That is a nine. All right. You are knocked from your feet. I suspect you're good at getting back up again, though, because you, know, you, you well, didn't have fall to fall. Yeah. Did you have a whiskey drink earlier? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I start to sing a song that reminds me of the better yeah, times. The, the longer mm. drink. It was the longer drink he had. Okay. You. Uh, a second wolf comes running around the corner, uh, encouraged by the signs and smells of battle. Um, so we'll say he's kind of coming around. The This map is not intended as a battle map, but I'm using it that way. There's one wolf coming around the corner of the tavern. So the wolves are pretty far apart is what I'm saying. Uh, Chomasa, you are next. I am going to go for the one that's standing right beside me there. And I have two swords, which means I get to do an action and a bonus action with the sword, I believe. Because okay. I have two-handed fighting. So you figure Krong and, and uh, Diendo have that other wolf taken care of, so you're heading off to the one that's near yes. the tavern. Yes, and right. it's also up in my grill. Yeah. Um. So, yes, we're going to find out if I'm left-handed or right-handed. I'm going to try first with my <laughs> right hand. And even with my proficiency bonus, I just hit eight. The wolf nimbly lunges out of the way and snarls at you. <sighs> I'm a wolf. A dire wolf. <laughs> but he says it in wolf. I, I can Ooh. translate, so. <laughs> I just gr- like gr- at him and then come at him with my left hand and 16. 16 clips the wolf for some amount of damage. Oh, wow. What, three? So it really was clipping. Yeah. You gave him a, 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 a disparaging haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else, Chomasa? No, that is my action and bonus. All right. Cool Cat, you stand near the doorway to the tavern. <laughs> cool Cat. Cool Cat. Lawyers. Cool Cat. Um, uh, Diendo, how, how bad off are you? Uh, I've been better. What's your... <laughs> I've got six hit points. You've got six hit points left. You've got a wolf snack of amount of hit points, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Um, if almost see. dead was a thing in 5e, I would be <laughs> almost dead. Paint a picture with your words. All right. Well, first thing Cool Cat's going to do is very exciting. He is going to pull from his uh, one of his pockets a boomerang and hurl it <laughs> at the wolf that is attacking Diendo. Hey, I don't like it when my friends get bitten. Okay, Boomerang. Uh, 17. 17 hits a, a, a dire wolf. Five bludgeoning damage. All right. Uh, let me just check. Cool Cat likes to bludgeon wolves, and he bludgeons them so good. So that wolf good. looks looks dizzy and bloody. And what, what I'd also like to do is uh, with a bonus action. I can do that, right? I can give yeah, a healing a word. Uh, I can do a healing word to Diendo. That's how uh, bonus action works. That's how healing word works specifically. It's great for in combat. So please take five extra hit points, Diendo. I will take that, and I thank you. Uh, because Cool Cool Cat loves you. Aww. <laughs> and that's my turn. All right. <laughs> I'm Cool Cat, and that was my turn. <laughs> <laughs> Samson Jotham, last in the order, first in our hearts. What will you do? Well, there seems to be a very intact and very angry 
direwolf right next to us. Yeah, it's around the corner from you. How dexterous do we think direwolves are? Um, I don't know. You're pretty, you're knowledgeable of the natural world, right? Yeah. Nature check. Give me a quick nature check as a free action. Uh, I rolled a 17 again. I would say you think they're probably pretty dexterous, probably dexterity and strength are their, like, their things. They're fast and strong. They're probably not big book readers. Yeah. The whole spine sticking out of the back might impede some of their charisma. That's a harmful stereotype about giant monsters. (laughs) So I have a particularly good attack, but if they're very dexterous, it could fail terribly. But let's try it. All right. So um, Samson reaches into his backpack and pulls out an abacus. It's just a... Fairly large abacus. metal abacus. Which this is not the the, uh, the wolves seem unimpressed what, so what, far. What metal <laughs> is it made of? Is it a is it sort of a platinum calculator? No, um, right. it, it, we don't use the word calculator. We, I know. We maybe abacus. maybe a pewter pewter calculator pewter, pewter. abacus. Yeah, pewter. Yeah, P-abacus. everything okay. runs on pewter these days. Uh, Got it. P abacus. It's the future. Yeah. Um, and I use a catapult uh, spell which can fire any object. Watch out, cool cat! Uh, an <laughs> He's object- going to pulse Cho- you! Choose any object weighing between one and five pounds uh, mm-hmm. within range that isn't being worn or carried. Um, I've dropped it on the ground just beforehand. And uh, the object is going to fly in a straight line up to 90 feet uh, and impact into said uh, direwolf. All that right. is the hope. Unless... Uh, it can do a dexterity save of 13. Let's find out. Uh, and you're targeting the injured direwolf. No, I'm targeting, well, the one that's uh, right. Oh, the, okay. The, the more intact one. The the direwolf definitely dodges out of the way. Well, that was a waste. It rolled, if it matters, a 20. Maybe there's someone 90 feet away who's getting yes. something. <laughs> yeah. Somebody is going to get very surprised 90 feet away when an abacus yeah. explodes. Abacus! Math. <laughs> Thankfully, I have more abacuses in my abacai. I don't know abacapides. Well, it's a uh, Greek word, not Latin. Oh, then it'd be yeah. abacapides. Thank you. Well, I thought it was Swedish. Bugbear is smart. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, that was pretty okay. much all I had. I had the power of math. It failed. <laughs> it always does. What were you expecting? Remember when I said you couldn't have a laser gun in this game? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he picked an abacus. Diendo Fat Rabbit. Indeed. You are hurt. you are somewhat hurt. You are on the ground. A badly wounded wolf is standing pretty much over you. How's it going? Uh, it's going all right. I mean, I got more hit points back. Mm-hmm. So I'm no longer in the almost dead status. Very technical mm-hmm. thing. Uh, but I'm going to take another shot at this dude with my spear. You want to get up first? or I suppose. I suppose I lose something if I try from the ground. Yeah. Huh? Don't, don't let me tell you how to monk. No, that's all right. I'll get up. It's, it's not one of my fighting styles, ground fighting. So I will, I will stab at him with my spear and see if right. I can do some more damage. That's not great. That's 12. Uh, 12 does not hit. You know, it's hard. You've you've lost some blood. You maybe don't have the same focus you had before. Um, do you want to do an unarmed strike on him? 
Yeah, I'm going to actually spend a key point and uh, I'm going to unleash a fury of blows. So holding my spear, which just missed. I flurry, flurry of blows. What did I say? Fury. I think I said flurry. Okay. I think I think what you think you heard is flurry. Um, yeah, I'm still holding my <laughs> spear, which I just missed with. I do a split leap and kick at him with both feet as I spin through the air. Nice. Dun, dun, dun. That is uh 15? Ugh, you kick a wolf in the head. Good, I'm glad. It's not going to do a lot of damage, though. That is only a d4. That's uh, five points of damage. The wolf goes down. Oh, should do I have to spend my key point then? Can I have just used um, my could you, attack? You, you could probably use a move and go over and use the rest of your failure blows on the other wolf, right? How far away is he? Uh, I would say maybe 20 feet. Yeah, but I've just used half my move to get up. Let's say 10 feet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's exactly as close as you need it to be, Steve. Yeah. I will saunter over to the other Look, wolf. You, get, you know what? It helps because you just kicked a wolf in the head, so you just kind of leap. You propel yourself off the wolf head. <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's like, it's like a, I don't know if you guys know this, dire wolves, their heads are basically springs. <laughs> no, they're upside their down bottoms tiggers. are made out of rubbers yeah they're, yeah, they're basically an inverse tigger if you think about it canon uh no, tiggers uh tops are made out of springs right their bottoms are made out of rubber that doesn't make tigger. any sense <laughs> anyway they're you're next bouncy, to a... bouncy 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 uh, and okay. fun 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 great now all right you get sued by them too so. <laughs> uh the the intellectual property of the total party kill uh podcast is now tied up in a long running fight between the cool cat enterprises and disney i wonder whether the lawsuit from disney or Derek savage will be the more fierce it's hard to say <laughs> disney have probably bought cool cat at this point yeah so. disney has better lawyers but when you see cool cat r- holding a press conference on the street of the on the steps of the supreme court uh you know if I saw Cool Cat in Disneyland, <laughs> I would get my photo taken with him so fast. <laughs> you mean bef- before he's like tranquilized? Before he's wrestled to the ground, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, a monk uh, springs off of a wolf's head, flies across the, uh, I don't know, road or whatever we're on here, and tries to kick at the other wolf's head. And that is a 22 how? That yeah, roll me damage. I will. That's a six damage. All right, that wolf has been clipped and kicked. Your kick did better than my sword. I got feet of fury. I'm a I'm a little embarrassed now. Uh, Diego, are you all done? Yeah, I think that's all I can do at this point. So. All right, Krong. It's just you and a wolf corpse standing in the middle of the street. The fight uh, is now happening behind you. So, like any other Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, this other wolf, is. does it look like there's a way I could sneak around behind him if I were to hide first, like fade into the shadows and crawl along under the eaves of the houses, or is he just out in the middle of the road? It's he. You know, I'm going to say he's right by the edge of the tavern because he was going to attack you people standing in the tavern doorway. So maybe there's some shadows. And especially, you know what? I was going to say, like, it's the middle of the day. There's no shadows. But you are literally outside. <laughs> you are literally outside the ever shady uh, tavern in the only shady part of town in the shadow of a giant hand. Then so do you have to roll something to hide? I, I, I apologize for not knowing exactly how that works. Like, do you just uh, get well, to hide? I, I, use my bonus, to hide? I will use my bonus action to hide, and oh. then you normally have me make a stealth roll. 
to see if how to see how well I am hiding. Why don't you do that? Does the wolf get to like perception you? Sure, go ahead and try. I rolled a twenty-four. The wolf rolled a twenty-two, which would under normal situations be very impressive. Um, actually, well, you there's know a half leg all up in his face. Yeah. Hold on, the wolf has advantage <laughs> on perception checks because he's an animal he's surprisingly his second role was lower than 23 all right. <laughs> yeah all right somehow all right. the wolf who is an alert keen alpha predator uh does not see the hulking bug bugbear sneaking up on him through the shadow of the uh the giant hand i will creep up behind him and stab at him with my rapier that bugbear now versus predator is my favorite of yes. these movies <laughs> <laughs> now I have advantage, so I will have either a 20 or a 9. I chose the 20. I have a total of 20 to stab at him. You soundly stab that wolf in the side. I suspect you have sneak attack because you're being very sneaky. Yes. Sneakily and soundly stabbed him in the side. 13 points of piercing damage. Wow. Nice. All right. Arr. That wolf That wolf is sad. Oh. Some of it, Some of its blood is... A significant quantity of its blood is now outside of it. All right, it is. Diendo sees the bugbear emerge from the shadows out of seemingly nowhere, stab the wolf in the side, and and Diendo pees a little. <laughs> I get that a lot. All right, so I <laughs> one think... of the perks of the job. <laughs> uh, the wolf flails around looking for a target, and it sees you, Krong, the the creature that hurt it most recently, uh, and it is going to try and bite you. Um, okay. 12 versus AC. Not good enough, little it's, it's wolf. Jaws snap in your vicinity, but don't connect. I think this is probably it for the wolf. Uh, Chomasa, you are next. You're there with your two swords. Ready with my two swords to go. We're going to start with my right hand again. Just 11. Sorry, my math skills are sad. 11. The wolf, you you can't connect. And with your other blow... That would be 23, so clearly I'm left-handed. That Clearly, that left hand manages to cut some wolf. Roll me damage. It is six. That wolf is not looking good. It yelps, and looks like perhaps it regrets the situation. <laughs> cool cat? Cool cat says, I don't like wolves, and he throws, and he pulls from another pocket, another boomerang. Didn't, didn't the first, didn't the first come one come back to you? It only comes back on a miss. Otherwise, I have to retrieve it later. But I have, a, okay. I, have a, I bought a six-pack of Boomerang, so I'm okay. Oh. Uh, a 20 to hit, <laughs> six damage. Uh, That's a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get that from Snick and Snack? Yeah. That's like a family pack of, of Boomerangs. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that wolf is not happy. <laughs> um, That's it for Cool Cat. All right, Samson Jotham, you have a chance to be the hero you've always wanted to be. With well, apparently not everything uh, can be solved with the power of math. So I'm going to use the power of a... I do. Oh, yeah, short bow. I have a short bow. Since I wasn't allowed a laser pistol, even though D&D Beyond said I could have a laser pistol, Dad said I couldn't have a laser pistol. My name is Tony. Uh, <laughs> yes, Dad. Um <laughs> So I will shoot at the wolf with my short bow. All slash right. laser pistol. You can uh, call the short bow a laser pistol. Yes. I could rename it in D&D Beyond. That would make me happy. The laser pistol did like 3d6 damage. It was not an appropriate weapon for you to have at level two. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, I got a 13 plus 4, 17. You plug, so many 17s. 
you plug the wolf with a bolt from your laser pistol bow. Which does a grand total of five damage. This wolf is hanging on by a thread. The next hit will take it out. Krong! So he's staring right at me? Oh, yeah. Well, it's going to be hard to hide then in that situation. Yeah, it seems very hard to hide in that situation. Yes, I'll just st- stab him in the face. That's it is a way. Total of, tw- total of 20. All right, you stab a wolf in the face for more than one hit point of damage, killing the wolf. <laughs> Ooh, I rolled very badly. <laughs> and yet still more than one. It looks like you rolled five. Yeah. A number traditionally more than one. And so things are quiet for a moment as the sounds of battle break. And it's just you and some wolf corpses and the assorted corpses and screams of the villagers who have uh, been mauled and still cling to life. I, I think Samson is going to uh, walk over and collect together a variety of pieces of abacus, which are spread over quite a distance. Yes. Cool Cat, and, cool cat re- returns for his, uh, for his boomerangs. And mm-hmm. I use a uh, mending cantrip and I sort of gradually assemble back uh, mm-hmm. an abacus. Never waste an abacus. Yeah, I no. Hand, I will hand Diendo an empty glass. Okay. <laughs> I throw it. <laughs> one of one of the barbacks from the uh the the Evershade Tavern says, Hey I I brought that. I brought that with me. Mm. All right. So uh things are quiet and peaceful, but still there is carnage. Uh there are two wolf bodies there. Uh the uh you know it, that the fight was less than a minute and now the uh a few more of the uh, the town guard have, have arrived. There's a sheriff barking orders and dealing with cleaning up the mayhem and people are attempting to restore the closest thing there is to order following a wolf attack. I would like to talk to the sheriff about the wolf attacks and do these happen often? The sheriff of White Sparrow is one Sheriff Ruth Willowmane. Sheriff Ruth Willowmane as described in the previous adventure, uh she is she is middle-aged. Uh she has giant arms covered in tattoos. The only thing she has more of than tattoos is scars. Uh she's wearing a uh somewhat impressive hat and uh funky boots. And a uh, has a polished star. Please elaborate on the boots. Yep. Well, they're, they they make the sound thunk 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 when you walk. Oh, okay. they're oh, made funky. of leather. I thought you said they're funky big. boots. I don't know no, if they're funky. Like Bootsy Collins. <laughs> uh, cool Cat is extremely uh, charismatic, and she is she is clearly I don't know if he needs taking control of the uh, the scene and uh, is ordering the various guards and villagers about. People are being administered first aid. Um, mo- it seems like most of the people that uh, were. Directly attacked by the wolves are unfortunately uh, dead, but there are a variety of people who hurt themselves in more mundane ways, running in panic from the wolves. And so they are being treated. People are being, uh, you know, uh, arrangements are being made to uh, transport various corpses. Um, so she is she's in control of the scene. Yeah, so I would like to approach her and ask her if this sort of thing is common because it's horrible. And we did kill those two wolves, so we were able to finish it, and that's great. And like I said, Cool Cat's very charismatic, if that helps. Uh, okay. <laughs> like how you always remind us that Cool Cat cool is charismatic. Cool Cat's very charismatic, more so than I am, and I would like that added yes. into the also, record, please. <laughs> I don't know if memorable is the same as mm. charismatic. <laughs> Charisma has a lot of definitions. The town, and I personally appreciate what you did with the wolves. It's good heroism. 
Not everybody who passes through town is as heroic as you. Where do they come from? I can't say that this kind of thing has ever happened before. Very unusual. <laughs> Did anybody see where they came from this time? Uh, I I can't say, I don't know. We'll we'll ask around and see what we can do. You're of course free to investigate it yourself if you would like. That sounds great. I love investigating. <laughs> I'm increasingly regretting not playing Butch the Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> there there may be future adventures, <laughs> Steve. Um, well, again, uh, I, this is just a pittance, but I appreciate your work. And she hands you three gold coins. Hey guys, coins. Yeah, how are we going to divide mm-hmm. that by five? I mean, I've got an abacus, but it doesn't do division. Cool Cat slips the coins into his boomerang pocket for later. Don't, don't, you want, make sure, don't get those mixed up and you accidentally reach for a boomerang and throw coins at someone. (laughs) (laughs) There's a little coin pocket inside the boomerang pocket. Mm -hmm. You're buying the next round. Well, should we investigate? Yes. Looks like wolves. (laughs) 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 Thanks. Thanks, Ice-T, the bugbear. (laughs) Um, I have a plus three on investigation. I rolled an 11. I rolled a 19 plus three. Wow. All right. uh, Samson, what what are you investigating? Uh, I'm investigating... I I think I'm going to start with a hand. Because it's kind of like a focal point. <laughs> well, I know wolves just uh, came into town for the first time in recorded history and ripped a bunch of people apart. But what's the deal with this hand? <laughs> Let us, yes, you're, clearly the, you were just assaulted by wolves just this instant. But let us, let's get a fresh take on the hand that's been here for centuries. Like, Samson is picking through the dead body like he's going to make some Quincy-like discovery. And then he turns around and goes, whoa, that ah. is a big hand. Uh, just just, just one more question about this big hand. <laughs> Samson, I, I think, feels that, you know, the only thing that's out of place in this town is a giant hand. All right, Samson, this is totally happening. We were just we had to make fun of you about it first. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you may also learn things about the hand that the listeners already know. Um, so you uh, you you start walking with intent toward the scene of the crime, the, the wolf corpses, and then do 180 degrees and walk over to the hand and are staring at the hand intently. Perhaps you have some uh, devices uh, for observing or uh, monitoring it or getting some readings. There's some the- certainly some things in my hand that are going beep. Yeah, you're getting the, the full range of readings off of this hand. Let me tell you some things that you know about the hand. I will not have a talk to for my hand. Uh, so, uh, well, six fingers. That's weird, right? Um, yeah. Great um, job. Did, did somebody's father get killed? I'm sure they did that joke last So, week. as you study the hand, uh, the thing that occurs to you right away about this hand, Samson, is you are, you know, a worldly, uh, you're a bit of a scholar as far as fancy men go, and uh, you are a tinkerer who makes various things and is familiar with a wide range of materials, and this hand is made of something uh, beyond your experience. So it is uh Jeez. it is not like anything you have ever encountered before. See, uh, I, I just picked out the one thing in this scene. Yep. You uh you poke at the hand a little bit. The hand seems to be like impervious to any kind of scratching, like you can't even like cut a little bit like a flake off to test or anything like that. Uh it is, you know, rock like, but resembles no rock that you've ever seen before. Um and you know, the more you stare at it kind of gives you a buzzing in the back of your head that doesn't feel so great. Okay. 
Well, looking uh, around the hand, there is this rather large uh, crevasse next to the hand that looks like it was human excavated, uh, and there's some uh, uh, walkways and ladders and rope bridges around it. Uh, they're they look like a, they are quite old and decrepit, like probably uh, several decades old. And so you probably you I will tell you you in your investigation you say like eh, going down there is probably a pretty bad idea in terms of how uh, um, shoddy the uh, the materials of of the, uh, the the rope ladders and whatnot look like. So, so I I know good? nothing about wolves, but I can criticize the craftsmanship of a hand. Indeed. Right. So that was Samson. Who else was doing things? Cool Cat is investigating where the wolves came from, and he got a ten. Okay, a ten. Uh, you you. What does that look like to you? I mean, what are you looking at? I'm 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 looking at like I I may have seen that one wolf come around the corner, so I'm following yep. that, and I'm looking at the trail of, um, <laughs> it's very David Caruso. Uh, cool Cat is looking at the trail of like the bodies and the victims, and trying to get some idea of where the wolves might have come into town. All right, well, ten's not very good, but I but I will tell you, these wolves have left a pretty clear path of carnage. Yeah, and muddy or and or in many cases bloody footprints that seem to you know they kind of took they seems like they meandered a little bit as they got closer to the tavern but it looks like they entered town from the west follow the gore uh chomasa did you want to were you doing an investigation check also is is there i did an 11 Mm -hmm. and i i'm just looking looking around are there survivors around Uh, standing it looks there are some survivors they are being tended to by uh the uh, the guards that the sheriff is commanding. Is, is there anyone upright or watching and around enough that I could ask questions of? Uh, so yeah, there is a there is there is uh, someone standing kind of by the tavern. You in fact recognize that he was in the tavern uh, at the time that the attack broke out. Um, he's standing there, kind of in shock, standing by the tavern. He looks like a uh, uh, you know uh, early thirties uh, uh, dwarf. Um, he looks a little shaken up. I approach and ask, hey, how are you doing? Oh, this is real bad. This is real bad. So, you know, did did you see did you see anything before the attack or were you in like, do you see where they came from? I saw that guy get torn in half by a wolf. Uh, Hey, did you but you were in the bar, so you haven't you didn't see anything before the attack. No, I saw you guys. You were over there, too. Okay. I, I give him a hug. Did you see me? I did see you. And I give him a hug. And uh, tell him I slip him a coin to go buy a beer. He goes back into the tavern. Kind of sounded like we thought he was a suspect at first, and and now we're paying him off. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hey, you. Are you a wolf? Also, if you're a wolf, you have to tell me. <laughs> we don't have a lot of people, so sometimes you have to be good cop and bad cop at the same yeah. time. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Cool Cat has done some stuff. Chomasa has done some stuff. Uh, uh, Diendo, did you want to be doing anything? I'm just going to sort of slowly start to follow the trail of gore towards the west and see where it leads. I'm not going to go right. out of town or anything, but I'm just going to see if I can identify where the source of it might have been. And did you already roll investigation? I didn't. Should I do that? Sure, why not? All right. Oh, it's not that great. It is uh, eight. I'm Seems sorry. Like- no, it's an intelligence skill. So that's a six. Uh, you're not sure. <laughs> Wolves are hard. Yeah. All right. So perhaps you reconvene and share what information you found and figure out what your next next steps are going to be. I feel that Diendo's plan of sort of following the trail of carnage 
makes some sense. Yep. That's what I think we should do. Let's find where those wolves came from. But the hand people, it's just so strange. It'll be here when we get back. We'll be able to investigate it without the constant (laughs) interruption of dire wolves. What if we come back and the hand is gone? We can investigate it. I mean, it, it looks like there's a way down. I wouldn't recommend it. But there is a way down. I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, setting out in about an hour, because uh, I'm a little down on hit points here. I wouldn't mind you know, spending a hit. We, we could we could take a short rest. We could do that. Well, but if we're gonna have a rest, um, I shall I will pull from my bag uh, a dice, and basically I can make the dice light up, and I shall drop it down the uh, stairs or stair-like things, and just see what happens. Is this the with the hand? You're still on the hand. Is that what we're yeah, doing? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm like obsessed. It's <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, I have not. St- yep, you, you it, and Lisa Smizer. Are, are the uh, rest of us going to take the song? Take a uh, take a short rest. Indeed, you do. Okay, I'll do the song of rest. Uh, and that, All right, and that means you get an extra one d six hit points back. Cool. I have a question about the song of rest. Yes. What's it sound like? Cool, cool cat, cat likes to rock and roll. Cool <laughs> cat likes to jump and sing. It goes like that. Oh, that's oh, good. That's, <laughs> that's very restful. I you. feel so rested. Mm. Oh, I, you have a lovely singing voice, cool cat. In the end, I didn't need it, but thank you anyway. <laughs> cool cat will take uh, any chance to play his pan flute. Mm. His flute has been panned. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I, I looked it up. By, my thing was called magical tinkering. Okay, where I can, <laughs> so tinkering off the edge. <laughs> so there is a inappropriately themed uh, concert happening right after the slaughter in the tavern. The people in the tavern <laughs> seem very taken aback by it. <laughs> Meanwhile, outside the tavern, uh, well, in the middle of a mass casualty event, uh, Samson is studying the hand. Um, he has enchanted some mundane objects with uh, like a light spell and is throwing them into the, the pit to see how far down they go. Uh, they disappear into the darkness. You can kind of see them bouncing around down there. It looks like the pit goes down. The, the, the hand continues into an arm and you can kind of see a crook of an elbow. So it's a pretty good drop down to there. But there is a, it, a... Is, it is not a bottomless pit. It, is, it has been excavated and that is as far as they got. You'd think they'd have a sign saying, do not throw trash into the pit. Maybe they'll it's put up when trash. they finish putting up this fence that they started putting around their giant pit and then stopped. <laughs> Ruth, Ruth, uh, Ruth Willowman happens to walk by and says, most people know better than to throw trash into the pit. If we knew better, we wouldn't be the kind of people that are going to save you from your dire wolf problem. Dire wolf Mayor. <laughs> I'm I'm a sheriff. All right. Back in the tavern, you have regrouped. You have song of rested. You have taken right. your short rest. Let's let's follow the trail. All right. All yeah. Right. I, you know, against my better judgment, I'll leave the hand for now. But we're coming back. <laughs> yes, we promise to come back, and we'll go down. You promise? Samson's going to be Samson's going to be the first to die. Mm. Um, There's just an elbow. Down we promise there. to come I, back. I read this pamphlet they had in the tourist center. They, it the just the, goes the down name of that the pamphlet? Elbow. Stop asking so many questions about the hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only the pamphlet The tourism department just says, quit asking. It's weird. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not prepared to answer the questions about the yeah. hand, don't build your village around a giant six-fingered hand. I wanted to take the walking tour, but it was just a guy <laughs> pointing at the hand. <laughs> 
they have one follow-up pamphlet. It's like, Kim, please check out the spa. Local businesses need your money. The name of this town <laughs> is White Sparrow. Was there? Did there used to be a giant bird in the hand? The oh, pamphlet is the size of that bush. <laughs> so, the uh, the pamphlet doesn't cover such facts, cool cat. Um, so oh, well, let's follow uh, the trail of blood and entrails back to where those wolves came from. Indeed. I love blood and entrails. Does somebody want to and give me I some love kind you. of? Does somebody <laughs> want to give me some kind of check for uh, following trails of blood and and, and entrails? What would oh, that uh, be? Yeah, I'll go. yeah. Perception. Sure. Uh, All right. Perception. I'll try it too. I get a nineteen plus three on Ooh. perception. I can't beat that. Yeah. I got a two minus one. <laughs> one. Nine. <laughs> I got a nineteen on perception. All right. So Chomasa, you feel confident that the trail kind of uh heads west out of town across the countryside. This area of uh the valley is kind of open rolling countryside, mainly farmland. Uh, and you you feel like you could head. It's a little bit swampy in places. It does just kind of cut across the wilderness. It's not like there's not a road or a path because they're wolves. They don't know how to drive. Um, <laughs> cannon. <laughs> don't know how to drive. <laughs> yep. Only because cars haven't been invented yet. Well, cars haven't been invented <laughs> yet. Isn't that your job? Yeah. Yeah. I. You know. Give me half an hour on a cart. I could come up with something. Mm. Just don't All right. like standing up. It's very and dangerous. so without too much trouble, you are able to follow uh, the path of carnage and bloody wolf fit footprints uh, west of White Sparrow uh, until um, it comes to a farm, uh, basically a little farm settlement, uh, a short walk from town. Um, the farm settlement does not look good. The smell of blood hangs in the air, and streaks of red stain the brook where it runs alongside the little path leading to the farmhouse. A large water wheel turns in the blood-stained water, trailing small crimson waterfalls as it rises. In addition to at least a dozen slain farm animals, two mutilated humanoid bodies float in the water nearby, caught on the rocks. Uh... By it, by the uh, uh, the the wheelhouse uh, stands the uh, the little farmhouse with its door smashed in. Hey, maybe we should go back and check out that hand. Yeah, that hand Ma- did look interesting. Maybe you should do that after the adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I want a campaign just called "The Shadow of the Hand." D and D is a game we create together with our imaginations. <laughs> Coolcat is investigating, but he only rolled a six, so he sees that this is a farm. Yes and, Tony. Yes and. It's yes and, not yes hand. It's yes and, not yes hand. Say yes to the hand. Okay. Chomasa is investigating and rolled a 14. Um, All right. So you are poking around. Um, There are a lot of slaughtered farm animals and some mutilated uh, humanoid bodies here. Unfortunately, it looks like the wolves or something has really torn this place to shreds. Uh, I will tell you, uh, Chomasa, you discover um, you were searching the body and it clearly uh, was torn into pieces and chewed on by some kind of horrible uh, beast. Probably a dire wolf, but not necessarily. Uh, I'll also tell you, you find uh, in the pockets of this creature a uh, 14 uh, uh, silver pieces. 
And particularly, these silver pieces are each embossed with a dwarven helm and a battle axe. Is this a dwarf corpse she's looking at? Mm-mm. This is a human, like- human, human farm person, which is to say, person who works on a farm, not someone who turns into a farm at mid <laughs> on, at full moons. Um. <laughs> that would be a wear farm, right? I show the coins to the group and surmise perhaps they got these from some sort of dwarven cash. I, I have perhaps a plus five on. I have a plus five on history. <laughs> Can I see anything about the coins in particular? Roll history. Samson. I got a 13 plus 5, an 18. Uh, you, in fact, are very knowledgeable. You recognize the symbol um, uh, of on the silver coins. Uh, these were coins that were minted, I guess, uh, by a clan of dwarves known as the Deep River Dwarves, uh, who resided in the nearby mountains uh, about two centuries ago. Oh, they play good bluegrass. Hey, I'd like to use a perception check to see if there's any signs of life, anybody stirring or any sounds. All right, of give me screaming. a perception check. Uh, it's 22. All right. You start poking around. Uh, there does seem, though, uh, outside the farmhouse is just a scene of carnage. Things are a little bit more intact inside the farmhouse, and you discover um, it looks like. Uh, um, a, a young woman, uh, kind of in shock, covered in blood. You might have mistaken her for a corpse at first. Um, uh, kind of hiding behind the stove in the farmhouse. Oh, this takes me back. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny on the other side of the of the mirror there, isn't it? Um, hey, you can come out now. I think they're gone. I I saw I saw my children killed by a wolf. <laughs> oh, maybe you should stay in there for a while. <laughs> uh, just, you know, chill out for a bit. Who was it? Was it wolves? It was wolves. Just wolves? Anything it else? Two two terrifying wolves bigger than any I'd seen in in the in just in the morning in the in the in the light of the dawn, wolves coming out of the woods. Well, we have good news about the wolves. Not about your children. We killed them. Did yes. Kill? <laughs> thanks thanks for stepping on my line, cool cat. You're welcome. <laughs> The the other good news is we may be able to get some of your kids back. Uh, there's no evidence of that possible. <laughs> but, but by that, what, do you mean an arm? How, how fast Lance is a dire wolf's hope. digestion? Is my question. Oh. I mean, they pretty. I think they're pretty efficient. I think they chew a lot. Well, <laughs> thanks, still, Steve. They thanks, still some, make, somehow that, that, managed to make the adventure darker than it already was. That that means they may still be on the trail between here and White Sparrow. So. <laughs> We, we may still be able to find something you can bury. Mm. I'm staying outside. I don't think this woman <laughs> needs to see a giant child-killing monster just at the moment. <laughs> uh, is there anybody else around here? Are you it? I, I think they were all killed. Wow. Well, that's are rough. There, we're going to get moving. Are there any animals around that we can see? Uh, there are the... Uh, Slaughtered corpses of a variety of farm animals. I'll ask the, any, I want to let ask the woman. You said they came out of the woods. Where exactly? And is there anything we should know about the woods? Uh, she points uh, west. Uh, there is kind of a game trail uh, cutting up through the woods. Looks like it's heading up into the mountains. Ah, that's where these coins came from. How Great. do you figure? I, I look at the coins. I know these things. <laughs> Just have to trust me. Dan. He knows these things. He doesn't know about the hand, but he knows about coin. I trained under dwarfs for many a year. I think I can recognize a mountain coin. Must have been hard to breathe down there. Well, 
Shall we see what we can see about following what's left of the trail that the wolves left through the woods? Yes. Yes. Does does the lady need healing or anything? By the way, I feel like we she should seems do something mainly to be can. in shock. Oh, and not well, physical I, danger. I slap her. No, <laughs> don't do that. That's what that's what you do for shock, right? I don't. What? what you, put a what blanket kind of, on her. Yeah, you went to the worst medical school ever. <laughs> <laughs> I have very small hands. It's really more like a kiss. Oh, slap. okay. I'm glad you didn't slap her with your feet. <laughs> your <laughs> hands are deadly weapons. Yeah, <laughs> I have control over them. Mm. They're registered. Um, all right. So you decide to head out. Uh, it, I will tell you that most of the the path of the wolves that was easy to follow because of the blood and bits of people that they were leaving behind was mainly a result of the slaughter at the farmhouse. It's a little bit harder to follow the path up through the woods. Uh, so you are going to need to make a survival check to follow this path through the woods. Oh, boy. Ooh. It all doesn't need to be everybody or it could be whoever's going to lead the group. Okay, Cool Cat's not. He got a three. Cool Cat is lucky to be alive. I rolled a 13. I've got a nine. Cool Cat walks into a tree and takes (laughs) one hit point of tree damage. (laughs) Uh, Yes, so uh, Krong, you are somehow somewhat more comfortable surviving in the horrible wilderness. And you are able to sniff out the path of the wolves, though it is less obvious here. And it does indeed seem to continue kind of heading west, but up into the foothills of the mountains. Anything you wish to do as you follow the path west, up into the hills and into the mountains? Um, check for traps. <laughs> check Roll perception. For I see a big hand here on the map. Should we check that out yet? <laughs> does the hand look different from up here? Like, can we see the lines on its palm? I rolled 21 perception. All right, so Chomasa, you are being ever vigilant for traps and ambushes and wolves. Uh, from here, the hand appears smaller than it did when you were much closer to it. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> oh, this this lifeline is not good. Six fingers, it'll fold differently. Yeah. Uh, between uh, 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 Krong's tracking abilities and Chomasa's ever vigilance, you do not have much trouble navigating the wolves path through the woods following the game trail occasionally there is a small slaughtered animal some squirrels and birds along the way there's barely much left of them there's just kind of a splash in the the foliage uh, but it seems like those wolves basically killed anything living along the way and after a, a few hours you arrive at a dig site hmm. a mining camp sits within dwarven ruins that must be thousands of years old the head of a huge dwarven statue split in half and lying on its side serves as a wall and shade for a set of tents and makeshift wooden buildings. Steam rises from a series of narrow shafts cut into the rock, each of which appears to pierce deep into the earth. The bloody remains of a number of humanoids are spread in a wide swath at the center of the camp. Within the carnage, you can make out the head and arm of a dwarf still attached to a mutilated torso. Neat. So you have found, you have followed the uh, trail of slaughter to yet another scene of carnage. Good choice. Again, I'm going to search for survivors. All right. Uh, That is a 22 perception. So, Diendo, you survey the area. 
there does not look like there is anybody that is intact, let alone a potential survivor. And in fact, you are quick to spot, kind of rooting around in the remains, two rather fearsome-looking dogs. Oh, dear. Why are these dogs fearsome? Um, well, they're dogs, and dogs are bad. Um, <laughs> um, Cannon. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can send email to me about dogs, too. I love dogs at jasonsnell.dogs.com. Um, That's Cool Cat no. about it. Cool Cat loves dogs. <laughs> no. What do you, how do you feel about dogs, Cool Cat? Specifically, uh, Diendo, <laughs> you immediately have a bad feeling about these dogs uh, because they are rooting around in carnage eating uh blood and vis- visceral bits and also the uh they have a non-traditional dog status which is that they have two heads visceral what? bits visceral bits i'm going to get me some visceral bits <laughs> <laughs> yay um, so Only they do it in stereo cuz i will two say heads. that uh the dogs uh the dogs uh look up and see all of you standing on the edge of the campsite who's so, a good boy I think I could speak Not dog, <laughs> so I'll let, we could try talking to them. Go for it. Um, Talk fast. <laughs> I have two swords ready. Hmm, they seem to have a turn order already. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that just in case your great idea doesn't work out. <laughs> Pay no attention to the initiative to the left of the curtain. Yeah, hold on. Just, just going to roll some dice over here. No, no reason. So let's just go with that. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, four dog heads from two dogs bare their teeth and growl back at you. Uh, Samson, would you like to do a nature check as a free action? Sure. Yeah, the answer to that is always, like, why not? <laughs> um, 13 plus 3, 16. All right. You recognize that these are a specific type of monster known as a death dog. A death dog is a wretched two-headed hound that roams plains, deserts, and the underdark. Hate burns at a death dog's heart. That seems like where hate would burn, yeah? You didn't say mountains. And a taste... <laughs> yeah. These are, the, these are the diametrical opposite to Cool Cat. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's assume that that was a totally intentional thematic choice. Um, where was I? Hate burns at a death dog's heart and a taste for humanoid flesh drives it to attract travelers and explorers and foolish adventurers. Um, I will even tell you, what did you roll, uh, Samson? It was like 16? 16, yeah. Yeah, I'll say that you know this. Death dog saliva carries a foul disease. Hmm. We shouldn't get bitten by these. They shouldn't call you death dogs. They should call you dumb dogs. You're ugly and your hair looks like dog hair. Listen, we all burn to attack every humanoid we see. You have to be civilized. (laughs) Monty, I like I enjoy all of your characters, but these are good. <laughs> Listeners, I will tell you, I think when you're running a one shot or a short adventure, uh encourage your friends or your play or your players if you're the dungeon master. If you hate if you hate your players, they're not your friends, still encourage yeah. them. <laughs> um, you know, it's good to play a ridiculous wacky character that you're not gonna be stuck with for a long time, because maybe you will love them and use them forever, or maybe they'll be like, Ah, eh, that was fun, but he is discarded to never be seen again after, you know, three or four. Four hours. I'd like four, four picturing hours. why Krong and Cool Cat hang out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they seem like they have different points of view on the world. I assume that they cool have. Cool Cat like, loves everything. You'd be surprised. Yeah. There's a backstory. Like cool you, cat, maybe you. Cool, 
Coquette loves Distant you. Distant cousins met at a family reunion. Um. <laughs> there are buddy comedy waiting to happen. I just I wanted to choose a non dungeon like the Dungeons and Dragons obvious backstory is like oh so and so saved your life and so you're you know you you're you're eternally tied to them but no met at a family reunion is, is my is well I'm picturing I like there's a scene in Cool Cat Saves the Kids where Cool Cat is like lecturing children on doing good and then we just pan over a little bit there's a bugbear standing there yeah he's just <laughs> off camera that's um, what convinces the kids to listen to Cool Cat is that there's a monster yeah. right there. Don't bring guns to school. <laughs> um, yeah, Krong seems like the kind of guy who would be uh, an elected official in his condo association, is what I'm saying, <laughs> in Southern California. Very specific. Um, yeah. So, all right. So, uh, thankfully, uh, uh, Diendo spotted the Death Dogs before they could sneak up and attack you. Uh, and so many of you get to go before the Death Dogs. In fact, only Diendo has kind of caught flat-footed. So... Samson Jotham. Busily letting everybody else know about the Death yeah. Dogs. Yeah. I turned Samson around, Jotham. faced the other direction, and said, Hey, everybody. And then you turned around and they had already like closed with you. Oh, shoot. Uh, Samson, you are first in the initiative order. Uh, so on the map, you see the kind of site of the campsite, uh, and there are two Death Dogs uh, that were kind of, they're pretty far apart, you know, I would say. Um, one's off t- 20 feet from the group to the uh, east, and one's off kind of 20 feet from the group to the west, both in the kind of southeast and southwest direction from where you are. I don't know if that totally lines up with what made sense with you hitting west, but deal with it. Do these two have separate initiatives, or is it just happenstance that it says Death Dog 1 in the initiative? They move on the same initiative. Okay. Uh, Well, I think uh, violence is probably the answer here. Always. So you're going to do something with an abacus again, is what I'm hearing? I think I'm going to save the abacus for something that doesn't look like it can jump out of the way. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like a statue. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, like a sloth. Something. Something mm. slow moving. A dire sloth. A dire sloth. A dire sloth. <laughs> I look forward to the death dire sloths that are to come. Um, I'll shoot it with a short bow. Uh, are you targeting Death Dog? I have labeled them Death Dog 1 and Death Dog 2. Which one do you like? Um, well, I don't know if I would say I like either of them, really, at this point. Uh, Curry favor I, with the Death Dogs. <laughs> I tried talking to them. They just <laughs> growled. So uh, I think the leader is clearly Death Dog number one. So I'll shoot mm. Death Dog number one. <laughs> All right. A little presumptuous. Uh, well, you know, if I was the leader, I wouldn't give myself the name Death Dog number two. I roll a 19 plus 4. All right. You plug that death dog with another trusty arrow from your laser gun, which is what you call your short, short bow. Yeah. Roll me um, damage. And it's a 1d6 plus 2. So I get 3 plus 2 is 5. All right. The death dog looks annoyed at you. Ah. Uh. I think I've annoyed a death dog. This is probably an unwise course of action. <laughs> I don't see how it could go wrong. Uh, who is next? It is... It's me! Cool Cat. Cool Cat Cat's going to go kind of in the second line. He's going to step to the back, and then he's going to hurl a boomerang at death dog number one. Mm-hmm. Taking the boomerang out of his boomerang pocket, of course. All right. So that's a, that's a seven. <laughs> 
I would like to see you try to throw the boomerang while it is still in your pocket. (laughs) He may have just attempted that. Um, Well, the the boomerang, yeah, the boomerang sails peacefully around. It does a whole circuit of the uh, the dig site and returns to your hand. Oh well, hits you on the back of the hand. I think I think that's it. Maybe the maybe the death dogs were intimidated by. I bet death dogs catch boomerangs in their mouths all day. Um, (laughs) Krong. Karong. Karong. The apostrophe is there. It is a very important part of our language. Mm. Just because you guys said it twice doesn't make it a karite. <laughs> I will walk into these trees, and I would like to use bonus action, hide. Those are actually, uh, I'll still allow you to hide. That is actually, I know the map is a little bit confusing. That is the steam rising from the strange events cut into the oh. earth. But I bet you can hide in steam, like, right? I'm very stealthy. Uh, I rolled an 18 to try to lose in, lose myself in the steam. All right. The bugbear, not bugbear. You're a bugbear. You're a bugbear. The um, the two-headed dog near you is going to attempt to see, to try and ca- see you. He does have, get this, perception, or bonus to perception checks because two heads. Uh, it did, what did you get? 18. He rolled a 17. He rolled two 12s, plus five to perception. So uh, once again, you have narrowly evaded the uh, the perception of a relatively perceptive pack animal today, <laughs> Krong. Well, then I will carefully creep forward, still staying in this cloud of steam. And then from 10 feet away, a huge hairy arm stabs out with a rapier. Stab, oh, God. Just stab, imagine stab. that. There's like just like a wall of fog. And then, like, a giant 10-foot arm with a sword at the end of it l- sticks out and stabs a two-headed dog. Um, now it's my understanding that I now have advantage. So, 16 to hit. You hit. Roll my damage. That is a D8 plus a D6 plus 3. 14 points of damage. That is a significant amount of damage to a death dog. <sighs> Chomasa, you are next. Two swords. No waiting. What will you do? I am going to go move in over to death dog number two, like so, mm-hmm. and we're going to try and two sort this sucker. I rolled a 20. A natural 20? A natural 20. So you definitely hit. So and you do extra damage. Extra, how extra? You double the dice rolls you make, okay. but add the bonuses regular. Okay. And it's a whole five. To five total? Five total. Are you sure? That seems really low. <laughs> what were it you, is. What were you, I rolled a you? one and a two with my two D6s plus two. Oh. Uh, so you hit it for five. But that was just your first attack, right? That was my first attack. Okay. So we will do my second. I think with... it's tricky for you with the two weapon fighting. It Neither attack does a ton of damage, but you get to do two attacks, right? Yes. So that is a 21. Yeah, that will that'll hit a death dog. And another 5. All right, this death dog is not in mint condition. It is pretty bloody. It does not look like that. Both of its heads are scowling at both of you, uh Krong and and Chowasa, uh and it is pretty severely injured. It, it is this is not what they signed up for. Uh, speaking of Death Dogs, it's Team Death Dog! Yeah, Death Dogs! Woo! Wait. Don't cheer for that. 
I Let's mean, see. Boo? Boo. All right. So you're right there, Tomasa. So the death dog is going to try and bite you twice, once with each head. Two swords, two heads. Uh, the first one is an 8 versus armor class, not very intimidating. And the second one is a 13 versus armor class, also not very intimidating. That does hit, though. All right, a 13 finds its way through your two swords, takes a snap out of your arm for five piercing damage. Now, here is the thing. Unfortunately, you can feel the saliva of the death dog burning in the wound on your arm. Give me a DC 12 constitution saving throw. Uh-oh. Four. <laughs> I'm you terrible. Ha- you have unfortunately contracted some kind of illness from the death dog, uh, you are poisoned. Poisoned is pretty bad. Poisoned means you have disadvantage to attacks and ability checks. Okay. All right. Uh, so that was death dog number two. Death dog number one is going to run forward. And has anyone attacked death dog number one yet? I did. You did. All right. He runs at no, you. No, I mean, no, I didn't. Nobody He runs at you. <laughs> Two heads, uh, 16 versus armor class and 17 versus armor class. Both get through. Right. Jump, jump. Each of them does five piercing damage to you. Yeesh. And give me two DC 12 constitution saving throw checks. Okay, we have a six and another six. Uh, congratulations, you are now a carrier of death dog <laughs> germs. What um, did I mention about not getting bitten by death dogs? Yeah. Um, alright. We should have listened. Hmm. Uh, Fat Rabbit, you are next. I There's am. There's a death dog right near you, eating your friend Samson. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't even have to run, and get, to, run to get to it. Mm-mm. Super convenient. Uh, is flanking a thing in 5e? Just out of curiosity, I forgot. Nope. Uh, I think rogues have a thing where they get advantage if a person, but other people don't. Hmm. I get sneak attack damage, but not advantage on the attack. All right. Well, then I just leap into the air with my spear pointed at the death dog and my two little feet kicking wildly. You're going to stab him and kick him at the same time? Um, yeah. That's what I do. (laughs) Okay. Because I have to use the spear two-handed to get uh, versatile out of it. So that first one is a 22. That definitely hits. That will do 11 damage. All right. So you spear the death dog in the side, and you are still clinging to the spear as you kick at the dog with your tiny little feet. Yeah, this actually makes it easier. I'm just anchored at this point. Yeah. Uh, how does he look? Uh, not bloodied yet, if bloody was a thing in 5th edition. All right, then I'm going to unleash Flurry of Blows and kick at him twice. All right. God, I wish it would stop rolling back there. Uh, that's a 16 versus 18. 16 hits. Love it. Four. Uh, four points of damage. Mm-hmm. Let me verify that real fast. Yes, four points of damage. And then my other foot... Lashes out. And that is a 24 versus AC. Yeah. Do six points of damage. All right. This death dog is not looking great. Um, but he has, you know, taken two good sized chomps out of Samson Jotham. So he's got that going for him. Uh, Diendo, anything else on your turn? 
Uh, nope, that's everything I can... Well, I could move, but I'm not gonna. All right, Samson, you are face-to-face with a death dog. Death? the Samson, you are face-to-face with a death dog, just as you knew you would be someday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, it should be face-to-face-to-face with a death dog. Right. Suck between a death dog and a cool cat, just like your mother warned you. (laughs) Right. um, Well, I have one uh, trick up my sleeve, uh, Uh which is an arm blade. So yeah. I shall oh. reach forward and uh, stab said death dog in the head. With your arm blade. Le- at least Which attempt head? to. Um, the good head. The nearest convenient it, it, head. It's dominant head. <laughs> oh, I think they're pretty equal. Ah. There's a lot we could learn for the death dogs about collaboration. Yeah. I mean, I think head one would disagree with head two, but. Oh, you know. I, mean, I don't know. Their bicameral system of government is, uh, you know, very efficient. Oh. Uh, okay, arm blading. Uh, I have rolled 17 plus 4 of 21. Oh, yeah, you slice into that dog with your blade from your arm. What is uh, Samson's arm blade like? Um, have you ever played Assassin's Creed? Okay, it's like that. It's legally distinct from legally the arm distinct. blades of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Easy, Canadian <laughs> lawyers. Back on your, back on your moose. Um... <laughs> Uh, for people who have not played Assassin's Creed, would you like to paint them a word picture of your arm? Uh, basically, I just sort of uh, flick my wrist slightly and a large blade protrudes actually from the skin uh, of my arm because oh. it is built in, unlike the, the Assassin's Creed variety, which is why it's legally distinct. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just very helpful if you're right next to somebody and you yeah. just stab them in the head. It's got oh, You've got like, like a tat's... You've got a tattoo on your forearm that says, in case of death dog, remember that you have an arm blade. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like, like Ryan Reynolds had in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Mm. But better. <laughs> uh, so I believe you've hit. I don't believe you've rolled damage yet. No, we need to talk about arm blades for another half an hour. No. Um, I have it's rolled arm blade more like harm blade. Am I right? Uh, I have rolled a four plus two, six. <laughs> All right. This death dog is maybe one or two, one good hit or two little hits from, uh, from being just a, just a death. I can't poison me again. That's true. Oh, you know what? You just did an attack. You remember what happens when you attack and you're poisoned? No. You have disadvantage. disadvantage. You may not have hit. Okay. Roll well, again. let's say I roll a dice again. Yep. Let's try uh, it. I rolled a 14 plus four. That's still very good. You somehow, through your death dog fever, are able to stab the death dog. Death dog um, fever was a great single in the 80s. <laughs> Thank you, James. Uh, all right. Speaking of death dogs, it's time for the coolest cat that you know. Way cooler than legal cool cat. It's illegal <laughs> off-brand cool cat. Cool cat. Oh, no. Chucks. Another boomerang. It's the same boomerang. 12. Do you? Just, just checking. This is like what you do? Yes. Throw boomerangs. <laughs> yeah, I just, you're a bard. I figured there'd be something musical involved at some point. Uh, well, I'm saving just those. for healing. I'm saving just for, healing. for healing and also for big attacks. But I'm saving those right. for these dogs. The twelve. Right. Also, the the boomerangs kind of make a whistling musical. Indeed, tone as they a go twelve around. will hit a death dog, and it looks like you have rolled seven damage. Indeed. The boomerang hits the death dog squarely in the head, and the death dog goes and and falls over. What does Cool Cat do when he kills a death dog? Uh, he does a little dance that goes like this. It, it makes me happy that I killed a death dog. Yeah! 
yeah! <laughs> cool cat. Uh, it reminds me of how the real cool cat is always celebrating death. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. at this point, Samson makes a comment in Squirrel to Chimasa. <laughs> Cats <laughs> killing dogs. It's what it's all about, people. Uh, cool cat, would you like to move or do anything else? I would not. All right. Across the battlefield, Krong still hides in a like a big steam p- cloud, uh, but it within reach of the remaining death dog. Uh, well, I'm not hidden anymore. I would like oh. to, once you attack out of it, it doesn't work anymore. I would like to re-hide, if you'll let me do that, with my bonus action. Sort of fade into the steam. I mean, there's literally spell. a column of smoke here. Uh, the death dog... The death dog is pretty sure it knows where you are. Okay. Which then is I will, to say you're not hidden. Yeah, that's fine. I will attack without advantage with my mm-hmm. rapier. 22 to hit. Roll me damage. All right, that's a D8 plus a D6 plus a D3 because one of my allies is next to him. 12 points of damage. So that's not sneak attack, but that's still... it. I It is sneak attack damage because gotcha. sneak I'm attack right is you get the extra die if you have advantage on the attack or... Another enemy of the target is within five feet of it. Wow. So you didn't really need to hide. The hide was for flavor. The, um, the hide was so I would have advantage on the attack if I could get it. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. I was stacking. There's both the element of having advantage to make it easier to hit and having sneak attack to deal tons of damage. So in an ideal yes. world, you want both of those. Uh, but it seems like you're pretty good at getting one or the other. Um, yeah. Yes. All right. So tw- 12 points of damage with my rapier. This death dog is one hit away from death. Chomasa, can you slay this dog before it gets its final turn? Finish we'll see. It. I have two you, hits. Two hits. Disadvantage. So. Oh, yeah. You are poisoned. Thing. Oh. We see you attack. I rolled. In the cool, background, Cool Cat is still dancing. Cool Cat should yes. be looking up the rules as, as the bard for how you cure someone of, of disease. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Somebody better have some antitoxin. Yeah. I rolled a an eight. Eight on the first attack. You swing wide, way over the head of the death dog. Your second attack? Uh, it's better. It is 12. 12 is enough. You connect with the death dog, hopefully for enough damage to slay it. How much damage is that? Five. You slay a death dog. You hit one Yay. of its heads with your sword and it turns out the other head has a very surprised look on its face while the the first head is caved in and the death dog slumps to the ground you have killed a horrible two-headed dog beast i don't dance you don't dance you are out of combat now the challenge is that i believe two of you are still poisoned poisoned um with death dog fever Mm -hmm. catch it don't don't catch it <laughs> um, i will not bite you <laughs> um how do they resist uh death dog fever well it is basically just poison so i don't know if um the way it works every 24 hours you have a chance to repeat the saving throw uh and you could get worse or you could get better um are there other ways that you could cure a disease in D that i don't know about that is like I believe there is a ritual um that says that is literally cure disease. Do you think we know that ritual? Uh I don't know. Are any of you if, if anyone was going to know it would probably be a bard uh unless you had like a um 
a cleric. You don't have a cleric nearby. Um, or there is apparently there's a spell called Lesser Restoration. Um, yeah, out of our uh, out of scale for us, I think. Yeah. Well, am- Lesser Restoration is a second level abjuration. Um, yeah, you didn't bring a paladin or a cleric. You may be you may be uh, inflicted with disease for the rest of the adventure. Far from I... town are we at this point? Somebody in town might be able to fix you up. You are a couple hours from town. You could go back to town. I think we're going to have to go back to town and rest and recuperate and hope that they can uh, maybe save. I'd like I will to investigate tell this uh, little area first. Okay. Like, the the poison should only hurt you when we're fighting. We can look and see technically also here first. Also hurts ability checks. But mm-hmm. um, so, but you can totally look around. Uh, especially not all of you are poisoned. So, who wants to explore and tell me? Maybe roll some kind of investigation um, and uh, and or uh, um, other types of things. Just tell me what you're exploring. I guess who's first? Uh, I rolled a seven to just look around and. And get the lay of the land. All right. Well, there is uh, there's a lot of carnage, as previously described. Uh, lots of bodies of it looks like they were various miners or other kinds of excavators. Um, the death dogs have seemed to have chewed up further uh, things that were probably slaughtered by larger animals. It does, in fact, look like um, there this scene this scene of carnage seems out of scale, even with that of the. Uh, the two uh, dire wolves you saw. And in fact, I will tell you, Krong, as you look around, there's an, a large obvious kind of opening to a mine over here on the bottom of the map. There are several large creatures here. Uh, it looks like um, one of them is kind of like a dinosaur-esque. The other one just seems to be like a big angry tree. And it's like they've killed each other. And there's other su- smaller uh, various monster creatures stacked around. It looks like there was basically like a giant monster arena fight here um giant in terms of scale of the fight not of the monsters themselves um have you guys so, seen this monster fight club over here <laughs> uh and it occurs to talk you about it. it occurs to some of you you know uh who is familiar with death dogs at least samson right yeah i think mm-hmm. i would be samson um, you were familiar with death dogs which are these kind of awful creatures they're usually the, it would be unusual for them to attack adventurers right they usually kind of skulk about and eat remains right they're 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 like carrion feeders so the fact that these over familiar with them at this point yeah Yeah. the fact that these two death dogs uh attacked you seemed extremely violent for for them out of characteristically violent for them Um, yeah combined with the behavior we're seeing from the 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 dire wolves something is clearly up yeah uh does anyone else want to investigate or uh or poke around i'd like to take a look down the steaming shafts all right (laughs) Classic wow. Steve line. Yeah. <laughs> That's a 17. Uh, yeah, there's these shafts cut deep into the earth with uh, kind of this weird uh, steam fog coming out of them. The shafts are very steep and angled sharply. Seems like probably not a safe way to descend into the mine. Also, probably uh, few creatures uh, bigger than Tiendo uh, would be able to fit down the shafts. But it seems like the steam would like hold you up. So you could just slowly drift down. To it, the is that of the how shaft. steam works? Is that is that gravity? Diendo oh. has an intelligence of eight. <laughs> ah, yes. What's gravity? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Samson is just trying to work out 
what would happen mm-hmm. if you put a death dog down one of those shafts? Just to see. Uh, Chomasa, do you want to be doing anything right now? I would like to look at the statues. All right. Give me some kind of perception or investigation or something I like that. I rolled an 18 perception. Okay. Uh, the statues are look like they're pretty old and decrepit. They have probably been here uh, for uh, a few hundred years. They look like they are dwarven in construction and motif. Um, uh, with my extensive dwarven training, um, mm. I feel I should check out the statues and see if I get any clues from them. All right. You're like uh, somebody who went to Italy for a summer and won't stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> look, I trained for decades. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> and I haven't been able to drop my dwarven accent. Yes. <laughs> my favorite is the people that like go to Ireland for like three weeks and they come back with an Irish accent that they never would have used in Ireland, but like day one off the plane in America, they're always well, l- like yeah. Let me tell you about my dwarven heritage. Oh you know, if you go back long enough. Yeah, like suddenly you're wearing like a very ornate dwarven scarf that you won't <laughs> shut up about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like how my character has suddenly become this person. <laughs> but fine, we'll roll with it. Um, yeah, Tony I... is turning your character into one of his characters. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you you can't write my backstory. Um, I rolled a 16. Uh, yeah, it's clearly Dwarven. Uh, you recognize some of the uh, signature imprinting of uh, the Deep River Dwarven clan. Um, I think you are, in fact, pretty confident that this is... The site of uh, the uh, there was a, a famous dwarven mine in this area several hundred years ago, um, where the Deep River Clan had a very uh, successful mining operation that ran for quite some time until they basically tapped out the mine and they the, but they were able to pull all kinds of gold and riches out of the mine. Uh, I will even tell you, um, let's see, um, yeah, they were very successful. They were around for a long time. Um, some say, wait for it. They dug too deep. Ooh. It's always um, the way with mines. Yeah. That or am I still bottom. waiting? Nope, that was it. Okay. Uh, you, you, uh, you, uh, Samson, you know specifically that you were probably uh, at the base of the, a mountain known as Gold Peak, for that was where the mine was located and where all the gold was pulled out. So I, I will inform all my <laughs> colleagues of all this information that you've just uh, mm. told us. Gold Peak? Is the yes. name of the mountain with all the gold in it? It <laughs> yes. was named after they found the gold, just so okay. clear. Okay, <laughs> that was lucky. <laughs> yeah. Nominative determinism at its finest. Cool Cat uh, <laughs> rolled a 10 investigation to try and figure out maybe where these death dogs came from. He's following, Cool Cat's all about following the trail of the animals. It's uncle- it's, it's, uh, you are with a 10 are not able to find them. But it does seem like there are a variety of animal footprints like headed in this direction of this campsite. From multiple directions, mm. like in something or up, out. Uh, they are all here. going in. Pretty much, pretty much in is the the general consensus. So I, I I feel we should just seal the entrance to this mine and then go back to the town. You just want to look at the hand some more. I do. It's so fascinating. Um, and this this is clearly a bad mine. We should just seal it up. How? So, Have you so heard of was, abacuses? This was a, this was a dig. There's a whole bunch of statues we could who, stack. Who were the people who were digging here? And do we? Is there? Is there? Did they break through? Uh, yeah. I mean, so th- this was a mine several hundred years ago, right? Uh, but clearly, these these there's there's dozens of uh, 
uh, carcasses and equipment and tents here that are not that are fresh and recent. So you don't know. You haven't. You've been very can, fixated can, on things like statues. Yeah, I, 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 can we look so in the tents? Yeah, yeah, I think we should look and and try to determine who the victims are too. All and right. I'm going to start rifling through the carcasses to see if they got anything on them of interest. <laughs> okay. And so you do. Um, let me see here. The wolves, dogs, don't have much. Uh, so there, there are zero survivors at this uh, this campsite. And in fact, most of the corpses are pretty heavily uh, gnawed on destroyed. It's an assortment of uh, dwarves and humans, and they are, uh, you know... None of them look like fighters by their equipment. They seem to be armed with a variety of mining and prospecting gear. Steve? <laughs> well, that sounds great, Tony. <laughs> what kind Just of get... gear they got? Pitchforks? Back in the old uh, times, the dwarves had a mine down wait, wait, here. <laughs> Pitchforks? Did you, yeah, did you just suggest that a, a prospector uses a pitchfork? I sure did. <laughs> wow, that's some that's some suburban um, garbage right there. But I I'm think you meant for a gold needle in a haystack. <laughs> yeah, um... I, got a, I got a patch of hair back. <laughs> well, we got that out of our system. Surely that won't come up again. Um... <laughs> I'd like to change my character. <laughs> <laughs> It's a team of five dwarven prospectors with pitchforks. <laughs> and I will tell you, Cool Cat, you find, in fact, there's kind of a logbook. It looks like it's kind of a journal of one Grenwald Windcastle, uh, who was the leader of this exposition, which looks like it was more of a kind of an archaeological treasure hunting undertaking uh, and not a, uh, um, uh, a not, 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 not a mining operation, uh, and that they came here looking for... Uh, lost riches or some kind of a vault mm. but they only found death mm-hmm. it, the, yeah the, the, you know it presumably he was attacked mid between journal sessions and not mid writing in a journal and i have it only found arg. <laughs> arg. <laughs> yes oh no he was, the wolves he was, the wolves no yeah and then there's a, there's a bloody paw print at the end that says like this is our journal now um so, wow, something just bit me. I must put down my pen to investigate. Yes. Um, I will also tell you, in the same tent as the journal, you find a pretty uh, substantial-looking uh, steel lockbox. Hmm. I wonder if it's full of antitoxin. <laughs> yeah, they clearly they were prepared to be attacked by death dogs. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. As evidenced by their death. Well, there might be poison <laughs> gas in the mine that they're worried about. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Hey, uh... Want, Can we try to guys, open this box? You guys want me yeah, to open this box? I yeah. think I'd probably be open pretty it. good at opening boxes. Um, uh, I got these tools specifically designed for opening locks. Do it, do it. Yeah, I have a whole bunch of tools for Are opening you, boxes. Go, go ahead then. Well, we can we can just sit no, here no, until no, we you, open the you box. No, 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 you go ahead. No, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> You know, you can't solve every problem with brute force. I was going to use my I can kick picks it. as a, can I kick it? He's a rogue thief and rogue. But no, no, you you go ahead. C- catapult an abacus at it. <laughs> <laughs> you do that once and you get a reputation. Yeah, that was not a great opening move, uh, James. It would have been if it worked. <laughs> which is... Know? Yes. Okay. It would be my signature mm, thumb mm. thing. All right, what do I need to do to open this damn box? I, I mean, you do have a trained rogue. I mean, this is me really helping you out as a dungeon master. Like, I think he literally has thieves' tools. Uh, mm. Do you have something? For, I mean, you probably agree. I do locks. also have thieves' tools. Oh, okay. Did and, you steal them? 
It's a sleight of hand roll. Do you have proficiency with your thieves' tools? or, or you Yes, know? I do. Oh, okay. Because, you know, some people just carry them. No. I mean, well, I've got a plus two. What have you got? It's just a dexterity roll. I, I don't know what plus two means. I'm, <laughs> I'm a fully realized character in a magical <laughs> fantasy world. Thank you, Mike. It's a, it's a five. <laughs> well, <laughs> I investigate the materials of the box and, and say, I think do this you one's want yours. To, tell you what, let, let's team up. You, Yeah, yeah hey, teamwork. Can I borrow those thieves' tools? I want to try <laughs> no, this. No. You <laughs> see if it's trapped, because I'm terrible at that. Good plan. Um, what would that be? It's investigation. Oh, I can do that. Plus three. Uh, no, I cannot. Five. You're pretty oh. confident it's not trapped. Great. I, I hand it over. One. Here we go. All right. I hold it up to my face and mm-hmm. delicately uh, get a 23 on sleight of hand to pick this lock. It's just All right. You are check. extremely okay. successful in uh, uh, picking well, the lock. Unfortunately, plus five with dexterity. So you have also <laughs> triggered the trap in the lock. Huh. Um Oh, and a, I was pretty sure there wasn't one. But. Yeah, and a poison dart fires out in the direction of your face. Oh, good, ah, we're all face. getting poisoned today. Oh, no. Uh, only eight versus AC, though. Well, that misses then, doesn't it? Yeah, it whistles past your eye and hits itself into the, the tarp of the tent behind you. Uh, so yeah, so you now have an open uh, lockbox there. We'll say you throw back the lid... And inside, uh, this box was quite big. This was like a like a trunk, right? Inside are twenty two gold bars. Whoa! Right. Sweet. Let's Good. just take the gold and leave. <laughs> Each bar is marked with the same helm and battle axe insignia uh, that you recognize as the uh, the marking of the dwarven uh, clan that ran this mining operation all those hundreds of years ago. Uh, so there are twenty two gold bars. Each is worth 10 gold pieces each. So, math, um, is that many gold pieces? Good thing I brought an abacus. See, they are <laughs> <All right>. handy. <laughs> 220. Yeah. You know, you could have just saved us some time by having them be rolls of gold coins instead of yeah. bars. <laughs> or it just makes pieces, them which are harder. <laughs> well, we can hit people over the head with them. So this is so a, this is a, a, a signi- here. This is a, uh, the, you know... Carrying this lockbox is probably somewhat inconvenient, but it is also probably more money than you've ever seen in one place before in your level yeah. two lives. Ironically, coins are don't weigh anything. Mm. It's weird that this mine produces gold in bar form. That's yeah. unusual. Is there a I, smelting plant around here? It's probably on site. They're dwarves. They lived here. They had a whole operation. Mm. All right. They. I mean, also, you know, guys, the name of the adventure is Dwarven Vault. Yeah. They probably had a vault near the mine. There's nothing else in the lockbox. It was Spoilers. just a, a lockbox where they kept gold. We could probably buy a lot of antitoxin with this gold. Hey, we mm-hmm. could build our own weird hand and you could investigate it. Yeah, <laughs> we could make it out of gold. <laughs> so I think you are faced with the choice. Do you go deeper into the mine to explore what is happening here or do you retreat to town? The downside of possibly retreating is that this mining operation does seem to be the destination for all manner of weird creatures. And if you do not stop whatever is causing them to convene, there may be a new host of threats to battle the next day. Hmm. 
Well, I'm not in particularly great state. Well, two of our five th- people can't attack without being at disadvantage. disadvantage. That's really yeah. bad. Well, they can. They just have to give themselves advantage somehow, and then it bounces out. True. <laughs> I'll, I'll just give myself advantage. Yeah, see? Easy. Done. Great stuff. <laughs> Tony, if you could just hand out... Uh, uh, inspiration every time that uh, somebody needs to make an attack that would be real helpful mm. steve gets inspiration for making that comment <laughs> <laughs> wait i'll take steve, it can i have your inspiration inspiration can be gifted yeah can it really yeah absolutely you can either do that now or it is uh, oh yeah absolutely inspiration is transferable uh-oh what <laughs> no pressure and now we run like, this adventure ourselves froze out oh. briefly <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'll, a, give, I'll give inspiration over to uh, Jomasa mm-hmm. or Jomato or whatever your name is. <laughs> you can also, you could give it at a specific incident or moment also. So. Oh, okay. I'll hang on to yeah. it until you okay. get it. So what do we think? I don't if know. Go, it's challenging. If, you are you are pretty, you are, uh, you are inconvenienced by this situation, I'll admit. Well, maybe the, the, the creatures that convene during the time we're in town won't be poisonous next time. <laughs> yes. They'll just give us some other status effect. <laughs> Maybe we 100%. get the gold. Yeah. We Let's go we back. Collect them all. We go I'll back just... and we buy like one of every anti thing that we can find in town. <laughs> it's true. And we come back, and then if you know, so we can deal with poisons and. There is the also the danger that uh, every day that this uh, challenge goes undealt with uh, is another day that White Sparrow is in danger. Could oh, yeah, we? That's White Sparrow. I say we go in because we'll be there to protect them if we're going back to town. So I say we go in into the dark, scary mine full of unknown monsters. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's the worst that can happen? We could just all die. And I think Coolcats is trying to punk end. us. <laughs> a short distance away from the expedition camp, a network of deep mine shafts lead into the mountain, carved out over centuries. <laughs> Ancient crack supports keep the ceilings of these shafts from collapsing. Pools of fresh blood and piles of entrails mark spots where large numbers of predatory creatures have recently fought and fed on each other. Neat. Yeah, this, this absolutely seems to be this. the direction where it should go. Yeah. 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 In runs a halfling. In runs a halfling. Diendo leads the way into the dark, foreboding mine. Uh, it seems like there is kind of one main path, and the uh, bloody footprints and carcasses are clearly all headed in one direction. And eventually you arrive at a large chasm. There is a deep fissure. Uh, the bottom so deep you cannot see it in the darkness below. It seems like whatever creatures are coming and going have somehow traversed this, uh, but the fissure is 20 feet wide. Um, there are two metal beams that look like the remnants of some kind of, um, you know, bridge that has no longer in place. The beams are very solid. They are kind of like rooted into the earth itself, but with fine dwarven craftsmanship. Uh, so the question is, will you be able to cross this caross or, uh, is this where some people die plunging horribly to their death? Perhaps that you should one. send the, perhaps you should send, you should the, send poison those, the poison people, poison people first to, uh, to test it. Um, I'm game. Yeah. So crevasse, 
Um, the, the so the crevasse is like twenty feet wide. How far across is it though? Um, do, do, do. So it's across up to you. How do you how do you want to try and navigate this peril? Well, first we need to look up the jumping rules once again. And what page Fair is that enough. again? <laughs> <laughs> That's a player problem, not a dungeon master problem. Well, 182. 182. Oh. So I have some rope. I think I could probably tie the rope around one leg, tie the rope around the. <laughs> Why would you tie it around on your leg? Well, that, he's going to loop it <laughs> under the beam. So if he falls down, he's dangling upside down. <laughs> yes. What is there a second part of your plan? How about <laughs> waist? Could we put it around our waist? Okay. Yes, that would be the traditional place to tie a rope to yourself. I don't know. It's just me. Everybody's got opinions. I'm just um, James. James, that was a new level of stupidity in rope ideas. I'm just saying. Wow, <laughs> dude, you're like tying a rope to your foot. Like that's you basically pre-snared yourself. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't get to the second half, which was brilliant. But mm, you know, so, since everybody wants to go with around the waist idea, so it's, you said it's twenty feet across. Yes. Um, Does Cool Cat jump 20 feet as a cool cat who loves to jump and dance? Well, in combat, <laughs> I can double my speed, but the jumping requires a strength thing, which means you can only jump the length of your strength, which, you know, is not going to be 20 for almost anybody. Mm. Uh, so you'd have to do an acrobatics check, I think. Mm. But I don't know. I'm willing uh, to try. I'm to not jump, but to test the bridge. And to be clear, this is not a bridge. This is an X it's bridge. Like it is two metal balancing beams. So I, I think I the safety rope. Along. Yeah, do you like want the rope. Do you want a safety rope? Oh, 100%. Okay, so we'll tie the safety rope to you and we'll round your waist, of course, and mm-hmm. tie the other bit to the uh, one of the beams because they seem fairly sturdy. Well, are you not to the beams. I feel like I'm pretty dexterous. And I have good acrobatics and athletics. Do you want a safety rope or not? Oh, no, with a safety rope. Tied to something, not the bridge. Yeah, I think we tie the rope to a person and the rest of us hold the rope. That person goes across the beam and then other people go across the beam until there's one person left on this end. Uh, So which end of the rope is tied to the sack of grass and which end of the rope is tied to the wolf? um... I I think our large large bugbear would be a good anchor. Yeah, Mm. I will be the anchor because I can get across myself at the end. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to hold one end, wrap it around my waist. All right. So our adventurers have a plan to cross this horrible chasm and head deeper into the mine. What horrors await them? Will there be more shenanigans with rope? Will Tony ever allow that? How did he even allow this? Will the poison be their undoing or will it be the energy that fuels their fire? For answers to questions such as these, join us next time for Total Party Kill. Total Party Kill.